This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer that calls me from all world of care and bids me at my Father's throne make all Seasons of distress and grief, my soul has often found relief and oft escaped the tempter's snare by thy. Sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer, thy wings shall my petition bear to him whose truth and faithfulness engage the waiting soul to bless and since he Keep your heart 
first may come in the morning, Jesus may come at noon, Jesus may come in the evening, so keep your heart in tune. Jesus may come in the Welcome to Worship, Good Neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ Parish Worship Service, sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tagg. Thanks today to Jim Haugerud and Debbie Tagg, our musicians, Kathy Christensen, our reader and provider of the children's message, and again, thanks to our recording engineer, Isaac Christensen. We come together to worship a God who loves, a God who teaches wisdom, a God who delights in righteousness, a God who seeks loyalty and faithfulness, a God who rewards those who trust, a God who loves those who love. You are able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA radio. 93.1 FM, and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. We want to thank WPCA Radio for this broadcast. Next Sunday at 9.30, we'll have our worship at uh, Trinity Lutheran at 9.30. And on Saturday night, we'll be having a worship service starting at 6, and we'll be having a sweet corn feed there also. The church is anywhere. People gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. Now you may want to have a cloth to lay before you, a candle and a cross. You might enjoy making a small worship space to enhance your home at-home worship experience. We also will be celebrating communion, so if you have wine or grape juice or bread or wafer, we encourage you to get that presently. As we begin worship, it is our desire to honor God and to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love and presence and begin with the invocation. Dedicating this hour to the presence and purposes of God, we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit, our breath of life. Now we go with the confession and forgiveness. We confess our sins before God and one another. God of wisdom and grace. Too often, We have sought happiness in all the wrong places. 
We have put our own needs above the needs of others. We have ignored your pleas to care for one another and have fought to care only for ourselves. We have forgotten to trust in you. Forgive us for our selfishness, our immaturity, and our blatant disregard for others. Restore us by your grace. Amen. Our God sees and knows our sin, but God also sees and loves our humanity. On this day, I proclaim to you the entire forgiveness of all your sin, given as a gift of joy by a wise and loving God. God is good and loves us unconditionally at all times and in all places. By grace, we have been saved. I would like to continue with the gathering songs. Love divine, a love excelling, joy of heaven to earth come down. Fix in us thy humble dwelling, all thy faithful mercies crown. Jesus, Perfectly re- 
restored in thee. Change from glory into glory till all heaven we take our place. Fill we cast our wands before thee. Lost in May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Continue with the morning litany. God's love for us is as strong as death. God's love for us is as fierce as fire. God's love for us cannot be washed away. God's love for us cannot be drowned in the floods. God calls us to remember God's love for us. We will set it as a seal on our hearts. It cannot be brought, this love God has for us. 
we will accept this gift and return it in kind. And now if we can have the prayer of the day, if you will pray with me, God of passionate love, you love your people fiercely and with enduring zeal. Show us how to love as eagerly, celebrating love as a precious gift. In Jesus' name, amen. And now we'd like to share the peace or sign of peace to bless yourself or someone worshiping with you today, beginning with a touch of the forehead and using the Trinity formula. Be blessed or I am blessed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time, we turn to the Holy Scriptures. And if you have a Bible with you, I invite you to turn with us and follow along with the scripture readings that Kathy will share at this time. The first reading comes from the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verses 10 through 13, and chapter 8, 6, and 7. My beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. For now the winter is past. The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth its figs, and the vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. Set me a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. For love is strong as death, passion fierce as the grave. Its flashes are flashes of fire, a raging flame. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can floods drown it. If one offers for love all the wealth of his house, it would be utterly scorned. The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the eighth chapter, verses 35 through 37. Glory to you, O Lord. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And for those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Praise to you, O Christ. It's time now to talk with the young people of the parish. Hi guys, let's pretend I have this huge big box in front of me right now. And this box is all wrapped up in pretty paper with the bow on the top of the box. You don't know what's inside of it, but it's something that will teach us about God's love for us. Just remember the box. I wanna talk about the word love. And I wanna start with three questions. And here they are. How would you define the word love? The second question, how do you guys know if someone loves you? And the third question, who loves you? Well, let's look at that first question. Let's define the word love. There were so many different definitions when I looked it up in the dictionary, but I picked out two that I thought worked really well. The first one said, love, a deep affection and concern felt for another person. And then the other one I thought of was God's mercy shown to mankind. Now here's the second question. How do you know if someone loves you? Well, I was thinking, if a person loves you, they take care of you. 
they provide for you, and they hope that everything is good for you. And here's the question, third question, who loves you? Well, how about your parents, or your godparents, or your great-grandparents? They take care of you, right? They help you learn about things, they give you a place called home, they buy you food to feed you, they buy you clothes so that you have something to wear. How about your teachers and friends? They love you too. Teachers help you learn, don't they? And friends, well, you can do a lot of fun things with your friends, right? What about God? Does God love you? Yes, God loves you. God loves you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, to us. Jesus was born in Bethlehem to Mary and Joseph, who loved him and cared for him. Jesus grew up to be a man who loved people and showed them how to live. Jesus taught the disciples how to live as God would want all of us to live, loving and caring for one another, helping anyone in need. God's love is so great and strong for us that it's hard to contain it sometimes. It's like a cup running over with water and spilling it all on the floor. That's how much God loves us. If God's love is so big and strong, do you think we could keep it in a box in front of me? No. Let's see what's inside this box. So if I take the cover off of my pretend box in front of me right now, guess what happens? A big helium balloon just flies right out of that box up to the ceiling. That balloon just couldn't wait to get out of that box. And that's how much God's love is for us. Nothing can stop God's love for us. So the next time you wonder how much God loves you, remember that helium balloon, and you'll know how much he loves you. Let us pray. Dear God, your love is so great for us. It's like a healing balloon waiting to soar to the sky. Thank you for your love. In your name, amen.
take a little time to share on two passages this morning. One that you just heard, and then I'd like to share again from Matthew, the 14th chapter. Matthew's gospel typically portrays Jesus' disciples as people of little faith who fail despite their best intentions. In this story, Matthew shows how Jesus comes to these disciples when they are in trouble and sustains them in their fear and doubt. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. While he dismissed the crowds, and after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, oh, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed a strong wind, he became frightened and began, and in beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand, caught him, saying to him, Oh, you little faith, why do you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. I wanted to share a little bit about this because we, uh, at the text study, this is the gospel that, uh, out of the normal text, uh, I use the narrative, but uh, they have the other text, and this was the one that they had, and we talked quite a bit about it. And some of the things that were interesting that I just wanted to share a little bit. The focus had to be on Jesus when we read this story. Sometimes, individually, we get caught up as we look at the wind and the seas, and we doubt. Doubt isn't the worst thing because it shows that we are thinking and asking questions and wanting to uh, be on top of things. And I think God honors that in that it would seem strange to me that God would create a thinking brain and an unthinking faith. But we need to remember that here, they had just got done feeding 4,000 people with seven loaves and some fish. They had walked from there and they had to get to that spot earlier and he had healed some people. So they've been watching Jesus heal people, watched him feed 4,000 people. There were great miracles, but isn't it interesting how when we look around us, we get scared and we doubt. We have fear. Well, we talked about a text that he was, some of the comments that we're hearing about how the churches in the United States in particular are dying. That there's a mass exodus from the churches. Not, not that all people are becoming unbelievers, but they're just not trusting the church in general. There is people who are looking around in the church congregations and as pastors sometimes we look at it and say what's going to happen how will we survive 
I want to say that if we focus on Jesus, we will see that down through history, the church has always survived through very crushing times, politically and socially. There has always been times where the church has had to change. It hasn't always had buildings. In fact, if you went to Africa, the church that is growing don't even have buildings when they start and they survive and they move forward. In China, in 49, when the communists kicked out the Chinese, uh, the missionaries to China, the missionaries wept as they left because they wondered if there would be a church left. They heard the stories of pastors being taken out into the fields and were worked to death. Where would the leadership come? Would the church survive? And yet when the doors opened up, the church not only survived, it was moving forward. The underground church, they couldn't meet in regular churches, but they met because they focused on Jesus. And Jesus let them know how much he loved them. Why do people come to church? I mean, you look at it, and there's all sorts of different reasons. Pharisees listen to Jesus only to give or withhold their approval. Disciples listen, sometimes not understanding. Tax collectors and sinners listen with hungry hearts. Perhaps they first gathered only because Jesus allowed them to listen. Other rabbis preferred not to defile themselves with the lowly, the outcasts went on listening because Jesus brought a message that wedded righteousness to mercy. To the surprise of all, in Jesus' eyes, everyone was worthy to sit and listen. So we ask the question, who is listening today? Are today's outcasts hearing something they yearn for? Some hear Christians say, stay away, or thank God I'm not like them. The will of the Good Shepherd is to search out and to embrace to be followers, we must take the risk of guilt by association as Jesus did. In others, we are called to see sheep that the shepherd loves and values. When we seek others in Christ's love, we spread the joy of heaven. And we walk on water, if you will, because we have focused on Jesus. The church may change and the buildings that we worship in may not be there down the road. But that doesn't mean the church is done. Our job, our wonderful job, is that we get to follow Jesus and in doing so, bring light to dark places. Here comes Jesus, see him walking on the of the ways that roll. Here comes Jesus, he'll make you whole. Here comes Jesus, see him talking to the leper, he'll lift you up, and he'll help you to stand. Oh, here comes master of the human soul. Here comes Jesus, he'll make you whole.
song that again reminds us here comes Jesus now I want to go to this text that we had and the narrative had some neat things that I would like to share from there this passage concludes a long string of stories in which Jesus can't seem to win in which Jesus finds himself proving himself over and over again just to be misunderstood he feeds he feeds 4,000 people with just seven loaves of bread and a few fish. And directly afterwards, the crowns around him ask him for a sign from heaven. He begins healing a blind person who is brought to him on his way to Bethesda. But things don't take the first time. He has to try again. And then he asks his disciples to tell him how the public is responding to him. Who they think he is and what they think he is here to do. There's a clear mismatch between the rumors circulating about Jesus and who he really is, what he is really about. I like this section because I worked in youth ministry and so many times we talked about how often we'd see young people get excited about their faith and they'd go on a high for a couple days, maybe for a week or a month, but then somewhere down the road again, despair or doubts came and they just seemed to forget or didn't know for sure if what they had said earlier was true. I think all of us have run through that. We just don't maybe show it as much as teenagers did. But the disciples, if you watch, time and time again they saw and ah, he is the Son of God or there's something special about him. And then, uh, I don't know, they got their doubts raised. But that's part of the growth process of faith is that we learn in different circumstances that we can trust in Jesus. And as we grow through those times, it's not that those times where we really speak about Jesus being the Son of God, the one who is our Savior, the one that we love, and then we have a tendency to forget about it, that doesn't negate what we had just said. It is part of growing and seeing that Jesus is in the midst of all the chaos that goes around. The paradoxical question that Jesus lays out in verse 35 through 37 is basically his attempt to set the record straight, to tell his disciples in a very straightforward way who he really is and what he is really about. Love. It's what saves lives. It's what creates meaning and it's what makes the gospel come alive. Jesus is bringing a love into the world that no one has ever experienced before. Jesus is bringing a love into the world that can't help but transform the people who will be brave enough to let it take hold of them, to change them. Jesus is asking for these people's devotion, not allegiance, not obedience, but devotion. Because devotion is the truest and warmest expression of love. 
And that's why this Song of Solomon is here because it speaks about the fierceness of love between a man and a woman. But more than that, it's just a picture, a small picture, and maybe not always one that we understand completely of God's great love for us. To set a seal is to mark a thing with a symbol or sign of public ownership. For a lover to set a seal upon his or her heart is to declare publicly the love shared between the two. Such love cannot be put out like a candle's flame, but rages like a wildfire. It cannot be quenched or drowned, but endures. This kind of love is much deeper than desire or lust. This kind of love survives the challenges inherent to relationships. Although many relationships in our communities do not withstand these challenges, the love of God has for us, certainly. The text of the gospel. I often thought, you know, we have to do, and I hate that word have to now more and more, because devotion speaks about we get to, we can. And as we work with other folks, it's not telling them that you've got to do this, you've got to do that. It's that you can do this. You can grow. Jim Elliott, one of my favorite people in his writings, said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep what he, for what he cannot lose. Again, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. As we think of this passage of gaining the world but losing our Savior, what a tragedy that would be. Charlie Mueller, when he heard these passages, would often talk in his talks. He was a Missouri Synod pastor who was delightful to listen to, but he would talk about, you know, so many times we talk about martyrs. We talk about that, that thing where people get thrown to the lions and he says in one gulp it's all over with. He said in some ways that's the easy way. One and done, if you will. But he said Jesus is calling you to give your life to him every day. And the every day is the tough part. It calls for devotion and obedience and commitment and all those things. It calls for a love that grows deeper and deeper. It calls for a love that brings joy to life, but it also brings joy to others. I was looking for a song that I wanted us to sing here. It's an old Swedish hymn. It's called, If I Gained the World But Lost My Savior. It's one that Waldorf College Choir and some of the a cappella choirs used to sing. And uh, I love that song. Because the last verse, oh, the joy of having all in Jesus. When you hit that part, all of a sudden, that speaks for the whole song. The joy that comes in living our lives and sharing it with others. We see it all around us. You see a parent or parents who have children, how they give to their children. You see in sports, where team sports are played, how people will give up their chance to be a star for a win for the whole team. It's where friends sit down and listen, 
sometimes to somebody who is as boring as all get out and telling the same story over and over again, but they're their friend. And they give that time, that part of their life to their friend. There's a story that I like from uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul. And it's almost more like a parable as the great Good Samaritan is. It again brings this home about giving in such simple ways and what a difference it can make in people's lives. Mark was walking home from school one day when he noticed the boy ahead of him had tripped and dropped all the books he was carrying along with two sweaters, a baseball bat, a glove, and a small tape recorder. Mark knelt, knelt down and helped the boy pick up the scattered articles. Since they were going the same way, he helped to carry part of the burden. As they walked, Mark discovered the boy's name was Bill, that he loved video games, baseball, and history, that he was having a lot of trouble with the other subjects, and that he had just broken up with his girlfriend. They arrived at Bill's house first, and Mark was invited in for a Coke and to watch some TV. The afternoon passed pleasantly with a few laughs and some shared small talk. Then Mark went home. They continued to see each other around school, had lunch together once or twice. Then they both graduated from junior high school. They ended up in the same high school where they had brief contacts over the years. Finally, the long-awaited senior year came, and three weeks before graduation, Bill asked Mark if they could talk. Bill reminded him of the day years ago when they had first met. Do you ever wonder why I was carrying so many things home that day, asked Bill. You see, I cleaned out my locker because I didn't want to leave a mess for anyone else. I had stored away some of my mother's sleeping pills and was going home to commit suicide. But after we spent some time together talking and laughing, I realized that if I had killed myself, I would have missed that time and so many others that might follow. So you see, Mark, when you picked up my books that day, you did a lot more. You saved my life. Isn't that what we're called to do in the little everyday things? Taking the second commandment, of those two great which the Good Samaritan said so well, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and your mind. And the second is like unto itself, you shall love the, your neighbor as yourself. The Good Samaritan had work to do too, I'm sure. He might've looked around to see if there, he was gonna be the next one to be robbed. He didn't know this person that was bleeding on the side of the road, but he stopped and bound up his wounds, sat him on the donkey and took him to where he was gonna stay that night at a, some hotel or place that he had reserved. And then spent money to take care of that person and a promise that if there was more expenses, he would take care of it. And Jesus asked the question, who is your neighbor? And he might have said, who do you serve? It is your neighbor and in serving your neighbor, you serve me. You see, we have a life to give. We have a life to share. We have a life to celebrate. And 
Oh, what joy is found in Jesus. May we live our lives there. Amen. I'd rather have Jesus than man's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name than to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dressway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. He's fairer than lilies of rarest bloom. He's sweeter than honey from out of the comb. He's all that my hungering spirit needs. I'd rather have Jesus and let him lead than to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. share together and confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. Send us love, send us Let us pray together for the church, the world, and all who are in need. O oh God, you love your children deeply with a love that endures all things. Help us to celebrate your gift by loving all our sisters and brothers in this world. God of wisdom, in mercy, hear our prayer. 
The flowers that appear on the earth, the turtle dove that is heard in the land, the fig tree that puts forth its figs, all are signs of the enduring love that you have given us as a gift. Help us to nurture creation so that we may see in all its unfolding the love that you have for us. God of wisdom and mercy, hear our prayer. In this season of rest, we ask your holy hand be upon all who travel to lands both far and near. Give them eyes to see you in the faraway lands and return them home safely. God of wisdom, in mercy, hear our prayer. Shower your people with gracious healing, especially Alicia Strike, Jim Curtis, Debbie Bow, Jim Ellefson, Dean Muse, Ron Lee, Kelsey Zamuda, Joyce Anderson, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Jim Wade, Maury Nicholson, Ida Martinson, Helen Erickson, Julie Dubois, Scott Morgan, Matt Quera, Randy Goglin, Helen Jorgensen, Becky Anderson, Shirley Lenz, and Dave Christensen. Restore all your creation and its people to wholeness and abundant life. God of wisdom, in mercy, hear our prayer. Where there is fear, bring courage. Where there is isolation, bring companionship. Where there is misery, bring relief. And where there is hatred, bring love. God of wisdom, in mercy, hear our prayer. We remember the saints that have gone on before us and rejoice in the wisdom they shared with us, teaching us to love with enduring passion. God of wisdom, in mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, loving God, we lift all for whom we pray, confident in your grace and mercy through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the church ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. Gracious and holy God, bless these tithes and offerings we have given for the sake of the kingdom. Let the grace and generosity of the Father be the light that guides us, the compassion of the Son be the love that inspires us, and the presence of the Spirit be the power that moves us. At this time, we'd like to, uh, if you'd get your wine or grape juice and bread together, we will celebrate communion together. When the church celebrates Holy Communion, we gather with all the saints from every time and place to hear again the story of God's power and the love shown to us through Jesus' life, 
death, and resurrection. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body broken for you. Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the wine, gave thanks, and gave it to all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death and resurrection until he comes. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Take the bread or wafer, and as you eat it, hear this promise from Jesus, the body of Christ broken for you. Now take the wine or grape juice, and as you drink it, hear this promise from Jesus, the blood of Christ shed for you. And now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Amen. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. Now receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. Be not dismayed, whatever God will take care of you. Thank you for listening to A Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small-town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. He will take care of you.